When your kid is a psychopath, you tell him, yeah, we accidentally left you home instead of taking you to Paris because the truth would make him murder you. We're talking Home Alone on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kid Flicks, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and don't go to the nurse to report a concussion because you don't want to miss Parachute Day in gym class. (laughs) Oh, what a day that was. Um, Fun fact uh, about me in high school, after gym, I would walk to my next class uh, barefoot because I didn't want to take the two seconds to put on my shoes out uh, after gym. Uh, who knows? Maybe my guest has thoughts on that. Maybe he's also a disgusting person. Uh, so my guest today is a comedian in the Philadelphia community. Uh, Philadelphia community? In the area. Sure. Yeah. Metro. The greater Philadelphia yeah. area, some would uh, say. The best. F- met- uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, my guest today is Alex Frum. Hey, everybody. Hey. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, I never really understood parachute day in gym class. I don't think what? that was something we really did. I remember doing like scooter day. I was gonna say that's that's another great day. That was probably the best one. And then some people talk about popcorn. Is that the same as parachute? Yeah. So popcorn, if I remember, popcorn is when um, one person. This is more for birthdays at the gym brewery, I will say. Oh, okay. So just right. just don't, so serious. <laughs> just okay. want to cover my bases, right? But it, that's like uh, you go. Somebody goes in the middle of the parachute, and they kind of go in the fetal position, you know, as you do in gym. Mm. And um, everybody will, like, flap the different sides of the parachute, so the person will be, like, lifted off the floor. Wait, and, that's really what it was? Yeah. You were lifting a human in the air? I mean, it was, like, it was like a kindergartner, so it was, like, seven pounds. Wait, how much does a kindergartner actually weigh? Um, okay. Because someone g- told me the, the weight of a cat the other day, and it was way lower than I expected. Well, my dog, he's a small little guy, and I want to say he weighs maybe, like, ten pounds, if that. Okay. So I hmm. think the average kindergartner, going off of that, I want to say they weigh, <laughs> like, 30 pounds. 30, 30, 40 pounds. Okay. Sure. I remember yeah. I was big for my age, and I still am. Mm. But Fair. <laughs> it's weird to say it as an adult. That's yeah, just like, no, not, you're fat. It <laughs> does not translate as well. Uh, but yeah, like, well, what, what was your kind of go-to in gym class if... Not parachute day, or uh, I mean, as a a, a beautifully athletic, uh, svelte person that that sits before you, uh, no, uh, no, I was good at like very specific things, and then terrible at most. Uh, like I was raised as like a soccer kid by like a yeah. you know, first generation father, uh, and uh, I was like badminton and bo- volleyball and those sorts of things. Uh, my gym curriculum in high school. Out of like our four kind of sections of the entire semester of gym, they dedicated one whole section to ping pong, which was odd, but uh, it comes with a caveat, which is you had the choice between basketball or ping pong and Pilates. (laughs) Those are the only two binary choices. And uh, all boys usually chose basketball with with some, a few uh, very athletically inclined girls. And then all women chose ping pong and Pilates. And then there was me and then like the kid with like the broken finger. (laughs) So yeah, it was, uh, it was debilitating, but at the the same time, very strengthening because I'm now decent at ping pong. Did you have to do, I don't know if I took the presidential fitness test, but I had to do, we had to do like at the end of ninth grade, we had a triathlon of sorts and mm-hmm. it was actually no biathlon because it was only two. Uh, and it was, we had to run like 
I think a half mile or something. We had to do like three laps around uh, some field, and then we had to run into the gym and do and swim. I think uh, a fourth of a mile. Oh wow! Like twenty. I think it was twenty. Like short. Like with laps. Okay. And I was. I got so mad at my partner because it was like you would go. And then your partner would go and you would like time each other and stuff. Mm. And my partner got, uh, it was like, you're supposed to like take off points if your partner like stopped. Like if you start walking, that's fine. But if you like took a breather and like stopped moving, you would like get points deducted. And my partner was like, yeah, Ross, like you stopped a couple times. So I'm sorry. I had to take off points. And I'm like, <laughs> you, we're in the same point in our lives. Like, okay. But I, uh, weirdly I nailed the swimming. All right. Hey. But, uh. But yeah, that was also like, I think that was close to like the peak of my like physical fatness. Oh, uh, that was not what I was okay. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, I think middle, uh, beginning of eighth grade or middle of eighth grade was like my f- biggest. Then I slimmed down a little bit. Then I gained more, uh, like gained some of it back in ninth grade. And then I've been trying to keep it down since. Right. But I think I'm slowly going up again, so I need to make changes in my life fast. I need, as we were saying off mic, I need to make more curry. Well, that's, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think uh, my uh, problem with weight started as a kindergartner because I listened to a podcast where they said, like, the average weight of a kindergartner. (laughs) Oh, okay. And now I've just never been sure what weight I'm supposed to be. So who knows? Well, because they say BMI is like a flawed system. Hmm. But like the alternative, no one like no one uses the BAI scale, which I forget exactly what that stands for. But it's like it's less just like your height and your weight. It's more like okay, like this is your like your 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 waist, and also like other factors that like just straight height and weight don't factor in. Like you know, because you... you know how like a bodybuilder is like three hundred pounds, but they're you know in very good physical condition, but sure. they would still be classified as like overweight just because of like straight, you know. Our society. Our society, but just... uh, yeah, but also like my brother is getting married next month, so I need uh you know I need to look uh prim and proper. Yeah, if anything, just make sure you focus on practicing smiling because that was my sister's wedding. I uh, think I ruined a few photos because you don't I like gi- smiling. No, I'm fine with smiling. It was just smiling on command for a solid hour. Was my face actually started to twitch? I could not oh, hold the okay. smile, and I looked sinister. Well, you know, what? actually, um, I ruined a couple of my brother's bar mitzvah photos um, because we were sh- we were t- get taking pictures at night, and you know, I was in second grade, so I think. It was getting to be like 8 9 p.m. And like, that's late for a second grader. And sure. the last couple of pictures, I just look grumpy as hell. I'm just like, I look like a mobster, is what my parents like to say. Yeah. Um, and you continue to use that grimace to your advantage today. Yeah. Speaking of mobsters, um, good, good uh, transition. Uh, get that. out of here, you dirty animal. <laughs> is that the lie? Get out of here, you filthy animal. Yep. Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're beyond just plain dirty. Yep. Uh, so we're talking uh, Home Alone today. Um, what what kind of chose you, uh, move you toward this uh, movie? Uh, I'm a big fan of like the late '80s, early '90s, like family comedy that ends up being like fairly dark and or uh, kind of gritty. So like that era is like Mrs. Doubtfire, Sister Act, Coming to America, Big. Oh, Coming to America is good. Well, because uh, this, if I'm remembering correctly, so this is this is 1990. So I think this is either right before or right after, um, 
like the re reconfiguration of the movie rating system. Because oh. you know how it's like for years, it was like everything was either like G, PG, or R. Like there wasn't a PG-13. So like mm. Indiana Jones and Gremlins, like movies that are like, I mean, they're kind of in that family category. But sure. there, there's a lot in there that it's that kind of today would get it put in a higher rating. So oh, I think sure. this was around that time where it was still a little bit iffy. And apparently, like from everything I've I've read, it's just always so arbitrary that like why people are choosing like in context, certain jokes aren't as dark as they are in other movies. Mm-hmm. So here's a pure example of uh, a sociopath child, uh, you know, relentlessly uh, torturing two men and it being perfectly fine. But in a different yeah. context, that'd be tough. It's almost like I don't know. It's weird because the way that you put it that way, it makes this movie feel. Like, it's two... I mean, it is two completely different movies, because it's like, Mm. uh uh-oh, we left this kid at home, and, like, obviously a movie of just Catherine O'Hara going back to Chicago, (laughs) that would be a weird movie. It was really all about just, like... But honestly, uh, I would watch that. Yeah, and then And then, like, you kind of forget... For, for a good portion of this movie that Kevin is home alone, even though that's the title of the movie, you're like, oh, he's just like, he's a very self-sufficient kid. Like he <laughs> he's, goes, doing, he's going for groceries. Like, oh, he's I doing love the laundry. that scene. Um, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, when I was reading the IMDb facts, that was the first day of filming was oh. when he does that. And he's like, I need to buy a toothbrush. That's, okay, that was a question I wrote down while watching the movie. Yes. What child, home alone, so... Kevin is under the impression that he will be alone forever because he mm-hmm. wished his family away. So, and for his first two days alone, he needs to go buy a toothbrush? Like, if I was left home alone for two months, that would be literally last on my list. I don't think I would have brushed my teeth that whole time. Also, my family, we have, like, like a doomsday preppers level amount of just tooth- disposable toothbrushes oh. in our house. Like... Every bathroom drawer has, like, three or four. And it's like, you're telling me, Catherine O'Hara, who has 18 children, <laughs> that there, there just aren't any extra toothbrushes. Yeah. That's just a uh, kind of insane detail, like, that they give a precocious child in a screenplay that I think doesn't necessarily pan out. But, yeah. hey, he was precocious. Mm-hmm. That is oh, the word for it. He puts the P in precocious. For sure. That didn't make sense. But no, I mean, I, I liked it. Yeah. I also don't know why, but, like... The it stuck with me so I think it when I it, it was hard for me to rewatch this movie sometimes when I was younger because um, I associated like when he's like I want hey there's no cheese pizza and I mean I love cheese pizza sure. um, but I remember it like for a very short period I like like when I heard the line about cheese pizza I knew that the vomiting was coming and I hated that so much except my favorite line. Probably one of my favorite lines in movie history, the least memorable line in Home Alone, is when uh, Kevin's uncle, like, uh, he cleaned up the vomit, and, he's, and he yells at this a nine-year-old child, Look what you did, you big jerk! <laughs> okay, uh, I say that all the time. I love that line so <laughs> much. I say so that constantly. Much. So I, I disagree that it, it is a throwaway line, because uh, Uncle Frank puts so much gusto into uh, yelling at this child actor that... I think it was a bit of pathos for him. He was he was really working out some problems. I mean, I get it. Like, uh, but still, that's so uh, uh, insane yeah. that like you would just yell that. Also, like not your kid. Like uncles, 
like you don't really have authority over anybody. Like, I mean, obviously, this seems like a close knit group, and by close knit group, I mean large busload of children. The amount of of reproduction that this like collection of brothers has 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 been able to you know induce upon the world is insane. I mean, I grew up in a two child household, so this genuinely seemed insane yeah well i yeah i grew up in a two-child household i also don't really like i have cousins that live in baltimore so it's like we'll see them like like once or twice a year so it's like we we never had like the oh like the the whole everybody's coming back together to go on a big trip to france i would hate (laughs) to go to france with one child let alone all of the children i think that's what officially proves that this family is so upper class too like the idea that they're gonna fly like 25 people to france casually like and they also live in like a two million dollar home clearly oh yeah well they live in the affluent chicago suburbs yes yes and uh it is clear that uh kevin maybe is a product of this uh upper class sort of environment he is quite the entitled child at the beginning of this oh movie. yeah and like when he's uh when he's uh uh messing with the wet bandits there's a scene there's a shot where he's at the top of the stairs and he's uh, uh swirling a glass of brandy <laughs> and he's I'm like sure that was like off camera the are whole you thirsty time. for more chums yep he called pretty them much chums. uh well like all chicago suburbanite upper class people they're taught the uh the original uh, you know that english accent yeah and then uh they you know put it on in for their schoolmates <laughs> well it's also this movie i love um any movie that features a croquet set is there a croquet set in this movie i was i was so certain thinking thinking but i thought when i saw it there was a croquet set because there's oh i feel it because it's like okay what's an easy like household mallet because you can't just find a mallet it's like <laughs> oh a croquet true. set yeah and i remember my parents got me a croquet uh my my brother and i a croquet set to play and we were like what is this game like it's it's like pool but more complicated and less fun yeah it's like yard pool i guess i always associate it with alice in wonderland Oh of, yeah, like, that's her a her with the birds, like trying to hit these uh, these balls. But yes, it's, like, it's very much not like a commoner uh, activity. No, no I, but I guess in the end, it is quite a cheap game uh, of all things. Like as opposed to having like an in-ground pool or something. Like this is something you could do with your backyard instead. Yeah, but it's, not, it's not like you see like like on the mean streets of Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> hey, we're gonna go play some uh, like street croquet. Want to join us? I would love to see that. You yeah. know what that. We're gonna start a nonprofit today. Um, uh, cro- croquet. I can't think of a clever. Yeah, no, I, I want people to trade guns in cro- for croquet mallets. Croquet for Callow Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is already a semi-affluent area, so uh, now it's, they now could, it's the they next could gentrified use, area. They yeah. could use it. Well, yeah. they have that huge Whole Foods. Mm. Uh, boy, yeah. They don't deserve it. They mm, no, they don't. But boy, is it great. It's great. Oh, you know, what? I should probably text my parents because they might want like hummus because they have like the. The little like hummus shops in there. Oh, okay. And uh, you got you got to get on that. Yeah. Sure. Um. God, what a what a boring <laughs> what a boring thing to say. Um. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we we all know the story at this point. Like it, it it's every year on ABC Family. Don't sure. they don't they do that twenty four hour Home Alone marathon? Now, like each show, each channel does their own equivalent of that. Yeah, probably. but there, there is there is a I I believe it's ABC Family or Lifetime or Hallmark that they do twenty four hour of just of Home Alone, not mm-hmm. the sequels, because the sequels don't make any sense. I mean, a lot of people argue that uh, Home Alone Two is better. I am not one of those people. I don't. But. I don't know if I've actually ever seen any of the other ones. Like, I think I've seen most of Home Alone Two, but 
three, no one's seen. Yeah, four. No, yeah Did no you know that seen. four uh, is it's ba- it's the McAllister family and like Kevin, but they just no one in the original movie came back, so oh. it's just like some a brunette kid playing Kevin McAllister. Uh, that's like hiring a blue-eyed child to be Harry Potter, which they actually did. <laughs> <sighs> and also, Marv is played by French Stewart. Oh, French, what are you doing? I don't know what French Stewart's deal is. Um, I he shows up in all these direct-to-DVD sequels, and like. I get it, he's not a huge name, but I mean, Third Rock from the Sun, I'm a fan of Third Rock from the Sun, and I don't know why, he can do better. <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know what roles, like, it, like his roles are being taken by, like, Jack McBrayer, I feel like. Or, uh, or yeah, Rowan like Atkinson. Odd weirdo off to the side. It's like, yeah. ow. Ah, no, I can't do a French Stewart. I'm trying. Well, speaking of French, I feel like this movie specifically yeah. goes into to French culture. In the first few minutes of the movie, we we hear uh, uh, the brilliant um, insult of Kevin. You're what the French call les incompetents, which is uh, oh so good, and I'm just so proud of that young eighth grader, <laughs> like ready to like use French as part of her insult bank. And then Buzz is a dickhead, yep. and uh, he has his uh, girlfriend who, it's just uh, um, the actor that played Buzz, I believe, in a wig. Something it, like It's that. a boy in a wig, because yeah. Chris Columbus was like, this is mean if we get, like, a girl, we're just like, the whole joke is that she's a dog. Yep. <laughs> but that's my question about movies in general, like, how do you as an actor feel if the only roles you get are, like... Ugly man number two. I don't know. Let's call up Andy Richter and see. <laughs> oh, okay. Poor Andy. He says uh, it on air, so all it's right, okay. that's fair. I'm just yeah. reiterating. No, oh, I get it. Both Conan and him, they're just like, yeah, we just get lanky creepos. Yep. Um, but oh, did you know that <laughs> we mentioned him a while ago? But Uncle Frank was originally supposed to be Kelsey Grammer. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so 1990. That would be. Not his heyday. But it would be right before his heyday. So nineteen. So Frasier premiered in ninety eight, I think. So Cheers was like on air. I'm trying to because I didn't really watch Cheers, but Cheers went off the air like a se- a year before Frasier started. So and Frasier was introduced in season three of or Cheers, four. Yeah. God, this is sad. This is. I don't like this. I don't like this side of me. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. So Kelsey Grammer, working actor. Yeah. Hey. He's he's some some would say he's been now given too much. He could hand a few things to French Stewart, for instance. Yeah. Did you hear that they're trying that they might be rebooting Frasier? I don't. I am so mad about reboots. I just yeah. I'm tired of it. Come up with a new idea like, or like a continuation, like something. You could be in the Frasier world if you want and just do something else. Yeah. Like I don't know. Ha- give Roz a show. Well, uh, that that's a bit in. Uh, like isn't that a bit in Thirty Rock? Like, hey, Roz is like the spinoff Frasier show that never that never ended up happening. <laughs> oh, I didn't remember that. Uh, I just watched the clip with Black Frasier, and there that's you go. a good one. That's, that's good. a very good one. Um, I like Frasier, guys. Uh, <laughs> so I guess, like, as a kid, did you kind of did you identify with Kevin at all? I mean, I think by like age nine, I was given a key to the house and like able to be home alone a few hours after school. And, uh, yeah, I felt a sense of, of brilliant authority that I could take this house down and burn it to the ground if I needed to. But, no, I, you know, I, I chose to be responsible. <laughs> That's, well, I was never left, just because I had an older brother, so it was like, 
okay, he'll he'll be here. So like we can leave the older brother as long as the with the younger brother. Because hmm. we were we were good little boys. Like we were we got in fights and stuff, but like we we never had vomit pizza scenarios. That that scene. Oh god. Or tarantulas. Yeah. No. Uh. Well, I had I had pets for sure, but I think the most destructive quote-unquote thing my sister and I ever did when we were left home alone was we would play Supermarket Sweep, which was a game show in the 1980s, 1990s. Oh, that's the one where it's like moms run through a supermarket (laughs) and just try to get a lot of food? Yeah, pretty much. Just like a quick summary of it. Like The the (laughs) ending bit is like the big part about the show where you run through a grocery store and you try and get the most amount of money. So you're going for like very expensive items quickly. Yeah, yeah. So we would take every item out of the kitchen uh, and display them all over the house so every couch is covered in products good. and then we would time each other and we would run through the living room and try and grab as many items and like go back to a certain spot and it always inevitably ended up being like a, a jar of sauce getting like smashed yep. all over the, the dining room That's good. have you ever seen Guy's Grocery Games? Uh, no because I am a supermarket sweep purist and I refuse to acknowledge it it's good like I, I think I've seen maybe one episode of Supermarket Sweep now that I'm thinking of it like I've seen like clips on YouTube but guys grocery games it's so fun it's just like uh, mainly just like moms occasionally dads will be like I like making um, soup for my family yeah. and he's just like you have a minute to grab your groceries and they'll be like uh oh this aisle is out of order so like you can't get anything in this aisle oh, boy. and you have to improvise and I okay I like Guy Fieri Hey, there's a, a really good defense of him by a, like a comedian who yes. was like trying to argue that why do we hate him? Like he's just a guy trying to like do a few things and yeah, enjoy like that, life. Like I'll I'll give you he's a gross eater. Like yeah. we've all seen those gifs of like him eating backwards or whatever, and sure. it's disgusting. <laughs> but um, he's great as the host of Guys Grocery Games. He's great. He was great as the host of Minute to Win It. That's true. Yeah, guys, let's we. <laughs> Bring back a minute to win. I I want to play minute to win at games every time I hang out with any friends and uh, then... I, I tried to organize it when it was on the air, but I was in middle school and everybody was like, no. But I did the uh, that tissue box game yeah successfully. Okay, I did. I had like two seconds left, but uh, hmm. boy, did I succeed! And what an image: a twelve-year-old ripping out every <laughs> tissue from a box of <laughs> tissues. Um, um, sorry, Ma- no, nah, they're not listening to this. My, pa- I don't think my parents. My parents are like, "Oh, what movie are you doing?" But I don't think they understand how to listen to this. Sure, that's. Uh, I guess if I send a direct link, people could maybe figure it out. But no, yeah. Uh, apart from that, no. there you go. Even though it's on your phone, yep. there's an app on your phone for it. But that's too much. Um, mm, drinking coffee. Um, okay. So, 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 oh, so, going back to what we were talking about before, we were talking about the so the sequel. So, have you you've seen? Yeah, one and two? I mean, uh, Home Alone two. Uh, it, it's a very similar plot, obviously, and there also features a kindly old person that is misunderstood, which I just think is like a really odd thing for the movie to like specifically redo. <laughs> Are you talking about Donald Trump and his cameo? Uh, no, I'm not, <laughs> which is terrifying. But uh, there's, you know, uh, the, the instead of our terrifyingly, uh, you know, old but secretly sweet uh, neighbor who does stare a little bit too intensely towards the beginning of the movie and then ends up being but very nice. at the nice. same time, if you saw a nine-year-old live in a three-story house all by himself... Yes! There are multiple scenes in that movie where, like, he clearly would have known that something is amiss and uh, decided not to act. So I... it is weird that he didn't call the police, nor did Kevin. Um, 
Yeah, he? well, yeah, um, no, he he does in the in the in the chaos of the the final. Oh you know, yeah, sprint. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. well, because um, no, um, because uh, Catherine O'Hara calls the police from France, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, we'll drive by," and it's like, "Oh, there's nothing there. I see a light on. Hey, let's go back to eating coffee, or okay. uh, you know how Chicago is, Canada." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then they don't come back until the very end. That's right. But yes, uh, this this movie decides to uh, forego uh, basic conclusions of human thought, which would be yes, call the police when someone is attacking your home. And also, you, you if you're a cop and you get a tip that a nine year old is by themselves, you knock on the door and like go in. And- hey, this was the '90s. Things were uh, things yeah, were different. You're right. People you, let their front doors unlocked. You could still smoke in restaurants. Yes, isn't that crazy? Because I mean, I remember when that was still a thing. But I wasn't old enough to really get it. I that is insane. I can't imagine that now. Like, I, I think mean, we've it, talked about this on the podcast before. But like smoking in restaurants in like a closed space, and like there wasn't even like a divider. It was just like eh, that area over there. <laughs> well, if anything, it gave us uh, a brilliant scene in Mrs. Doubtfire. That you know that switching scene of smoking versus non-smoking. Yes. That would not have been able to happen without that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, and yeah, and you brought up Mrs. Doubtfire, and I was like, oh, that's a great movie. But it's like. Like I'm, I think I'm saving that for when my mom inevitably inevitably comes on the podcast. Great, okay, I would listen to that. It's our favorite movie. That and Big Fat Greek Wedding. Okay, Um, but neither of those are kids' movies. But who the fuck cares? This podcast is a joke. Um, (laughs) Although this movie, on occasion, uh, I'm I'm misunderstanding like how kids operate on occasion. This portrays children of the upper class Chicago neighborhood to own BB guns. Uh, to be care, uh, you know, able to uh, arrange ten to twelve mannequins in their own yeah. home. Because, because it's like when you got the game Mousetrap as a kid, like that wouldn't work most of the time. <laughs> no. So the no. fact that he's able to do a three-story sting operation of his own house, uh, he. Uh, he had a he set up a flamethrower. Yeah, and like, uh, have you read those articles where it's like how much damage like the wet bandits had on them from yes. all? And it's like they would have been so unconscious and brain dead. Yeah, like but, seriously damaged as humans. I, I, Marv, I think Marv is the is Joe Pesci, right? Marv is uh, Daniel Stern. Shit. Okay, they're they're the same person. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Tall yeah, like Harry. Yeah, Harry. He would have been like in a coma pretty early on in the movie. Yes. Um, Although there are are some of the techniques that Kevin is using that are not necessarily torture or preventing this person from entering the home and just inconvenient. Like (laughs) the one major thing where Kevin goes, yes, and he he gets glue on Harry's face and then throws feathers at him. Like, what are we doing here? (laughs) That's your main technique for getting burglars out of your house? No, you're a sociopath and you're just torturing these people. Also, Kevin, um, how he talks to the pizza guy while watching uh, yeah. the movie, I don't understand why he did that. Because he is kind of fucked up. This is a fucked up job. Because you're totally allowed to just be like, oh, hey, like my my, my parents said I could get a pizza, so yeah. I'm going to, here's the pizza. And also, this is like before DVDs, like he didn't use the tape recorder, he rewinds and so he fast forwards. That. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and he also had to hope that the guy was going to react and say the exact things. Sure. Uh, so he also gave that pizza guy trauma. He's like, yeah. it's akin to that uh, incident in Erie, Pennsylvania, where a pizza guy had a bomb strapped to his neck. That's a thing? Yes. Uh, oh. It's the part of the four-part uh, Netflix original documentary, Evil Genius. Oh, okay. It's a crazy, it's a crazy story. Is that a spoiler? Or? 
No. Oh, okay. you know very early on okay, that good, he has good. a bomb on his neck, and right. uh, let's just say it goes off. Interesting. Um, so that's number one, and the number two is pretending uh, to be a mafia guy that's shooting at this teenage pizza guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's this conspiracy theory online that... Uh, Kevin eventually grows up to be Jigsaw in the Saw franchise. That that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of does. I uh, well, you, have you seen that short film where Macaulay Culkin, like, essentially plays a grown up, um, uh, Kevin McAllister, and he's just like, yeah, the, the, uh, this shit fucked me up. No, I have not seen that. Is that him speaking in real life? Or no, like... it's like a short film, like some web series, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the deal with that was. And, like, I tried watching it, and it was just boring. Ah, Above anything, he's just like, yeah, man, like... It's so loose, like, after the fact, they're like, yeah, he's basically Kevin McAllister. Um, (laughs) I mean, if anything, I think we know this child to be a sociopath because he's drinking milk while eating macaroni and cheese. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not okay. Well, I mean, that's a classic thing that you do in movies to show, like... You're wholesome? No, well, that's... It's like you haven't seen that episode of, uh, uh, now you you see... I don't know, one of those video essay channels where it's like, here's how the Marvel Universe is actually really subversive. And it's like, okay, we know. But it's this whole thing about how, like, milk is always used in movies to either make an adult seem very innocent or, like, uh, uh, like showcase the how this evil person how they still like drink this very like simple childish thing like in the beginning of Inglorious Bastards in Inglorious uh, yeah. not Blasters in Inglorious Bastards how Hans Landa is like could I have some of your milk yep. and we are going to have a conversation <laughs> he is a, a genuine creep and uh, just yeah. like Kevin McAllister and he grew up to be uh, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin grew McAllister. up to be a Nazi yeah um, <laughs> I mean I know people that talk about the food in the movie like as like this. I have a friend that specifically talks about the macaroni and cheese being like the most delicious thing she's ever seen and she just wants to eat it. And he does not get to eat it. He sets like candles out. He has time to do all these things. He's setting a glass of milk out all while booby trapping his house. Yeah. And And at the same time, like, mm, I don't know if it looks that great because I mean, I like the, look, call me, call me snooty. Call me a McAllister, if you will. Sure. (laughs) But I like my mac and cheese like with the breadcrumbs and like I learned the technique of like how you cook it in the... Uh, pasta and milk instead of water okay yeah. and and then like you stir in like the fresh grated cheese as well so it's like actually like ooey and gooey and then you don't have enough dairy so you have a giant glass of milk next yeah to it. and then i mean that's how he could have taken the wet bandits out just fart <laughs> that's all he had to do i mean i don't know how you say, well if anything maybe i'm more offended by the beginning of the movie which also pairs milk with pizza which yeah. acid and base i'm sorry those are just no don't so in his stomach, it's just water. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like ate a lot of dairy as a kid, and I remember like it would get to a point where like it would just be like there would just be like my tongue would look kind of gross because there was just so much dairy. Like I don't know if that's a thing it, yeah, or am I just yeah, an unhealthy mouth. piece of shit? Yeah, dairy yeah. mouth. Yeah. But like your mouth is just kind of like like you're doing that. Yeah. Not like great. one time I remember I went to a diner with my my brother and my mom, and I ordered a grilled cheese with cheese fries. And I had a milkshake. And I vomited so hard later that night. And my mom was like, yeah, because you just had a lot of cheese. And meanwhile, if I was sitting there and my child tried to wear that, I'd be like, how about get like two of, two of those three things? Sure. Yeah, calm down. Like, let the cow have that a break. Al- that also sounds so... I can't even imagine ordering that as an adult. Like, first of all, I don't really drink milkshakes. So I'm like, I don't really want that. Like, that's going to slow me down. 
I mean, and Kevin needed to be at top speed, you know, yeah. torturing these people coming. <laughs> he knew what time they were coming. Yeah, so. <laughs> he, he was like, Come, I'm ready for you. Um, <laughs> now I'm just looking through the IMDb facts because uh, they're really fun. Um, have you heard the theory that, um, uh, that Elvis is in this movie? Yes, uh, like they zero in on, like close up on him in like the, one of the airport scenes. Where yeah, it's, it's, like it's when um, Catherine O'Hara is yelling at the the um, airport worker in Scranton. Yes, where I near nearby where I grew up. So like me as a kid was like waiting so for that a, Scranton call. There is a great. Scranton International Airport. It is called the Scranton International Airport for unknown reasons. I think maybe they had a flight to Canada once and then they kept the name, <laughs> but like. Primarily, it does not go international. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those small airports. That it's actually very nice. But oh, it is. Yeah, they put like a very nice. I'm assuming they did not film there. No, they did not. <laughs> I, I looked that all up, and it's all pretty. Most of this movie is done in a high school in Chicago. Like they made a soundstage in a, a Chicago high school. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I've been to my share of small airports, and like if it was a small, like I've been to the Burbank Airport, okay. which is a very small ass airport, yeah. and like. They they have one gate for Disney executives. Like I yeah, <laughs> well it's like one. It's like that thing where there. I guess like there's several like exits, and they call it like multiple gates. But it's just like one long room with like a bunch of chairs. Sure. And like there's no real. There's like one sandwich shop, mm. and that's it. And I was there so early that it was closed because <laughs> I was there at five in the morning. <laughs> Bathroom was also closed. It just yeah. had not opened yet. Yeah, and I was like. It was boring. Like the the newsstand wasn't open yet. That's how early it was. Well, there wasn't news yet that day. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, all news that's fit to print not until seven. Yep. Um, but yeah. So why are we talking about small airports? Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. So the, the Elvis. You, this yeah. So Elvis. He and you look. Did you kind of like look, try to look closely at? I did. Him? I was focused on the Scranton employee, and I just wanted to like know more about him. Like, where was he living and what what he was doing? Like, he could have been my neighbor. Yeah, uh, he probably but was. Yes, there was also Elvis somewhere in the background there, and I don't buy it at all. Like, it's just a guy that has nice hair, <laughs> which is also funny too because. We were talking uh, before the show about uh, John Candy doing a lot of improv during this kind of set. <laughs> Only improv. So now I'm picturing him like sucking all of the air out of the room, and Elvis is actually there wanting to do something. And John Candy's like, "No, no, no, we're going to improvise for 20 hours now. Elvis, you have to. We have to cut you out of the like, movie. Hey, can, can I talk to you over there for a second? There, uh, <laughs> hey. I need to talk about polka. Yes, exactly. Hey, you know, I mean, my friends and I were going to Chicago and. I- Oh, is this not... Okay, my John Candy's getting better. Oh. Not good still, but... Um, I think with time, maybe for Home Alone 2 uh, version of this podcast. Yeah. Really. Ooh, that's a good idea. He's not in it, unfortunately. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That'd be weird if he should... I mean, that would honestly make sense if they were like, he showed up. Or uh, was he dead? I think he died in 94. I don't remember when the movie was filmed, but if uh, anything, New York is specifically not a polka town. <laughs> no polka here. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. So, Lost in New York was released in '92. So he could have been alive, but sure. he probably was very upset that he uh, didn't get asked to come back. Um, <laughs> he was like, "Why well, not? I can do it." Um, and then Home Alone Four. I don't have Home Alone Three up, but I remember reading the article for that. And there's like, it's like there's a computer chip. Yes, <laughs> break it to get a computer chip, and. Uh, very, very timely movie, like, <laughs> ready on the cusp for computer chips, which were the big hot thing that year. Yeah, they're just like, we need to hack into the mainframe of this house. Um, and yeah, I, rem- like, I remember the poster, and I- isn't Kirstie Alley one of the bandits in that one? 
Uh, I feel like Kirstie Alley is, is one of them. Possible. Yep. That, I'm I'm banking on that. I don't have internet right now, so I'm gonna um, assume yes that Kirstie Alley's in that. And I think she's the one that on the cover she's like frozen. Like there's icicles all around her, and she oh, is wow. frozen. Because um, you know Kevin is a is a piece of crap. Yeah, and, and uh, likely using refrigeration as one of his uh, techniques. To yeah, torture and that was like list. a that was the only Home Alone movie that featured not a McAllister. So two obviously featured the McAllisters. Home Alone four featured the McAllisters, and then Home Alone five uh, also featured the Baxter family. Oh, okay. And now there is talk of a new Home Alone movie. With Ugh. Ryan Reynolds. Yes! Okay, thank you. Okay, I actually uh, had that up called Stoned Alone. Okay, that's uh, officially the title? Now? I don't think it is, but they're like, you know, like the New York Post was like, that's the that's what we're going to call our article. And so oh, everybody's sure. like, that's what it's called. And honestly, it's not a terrible idea, but I think it's like, you know, kind of like when, they're, when people were pitching like the hangover but with weed. Which, you know, that's not really how weed works. Um, but that is how movie pitching works. Yeah. This but with this. <laughs> yeah. But I I don't know I I don't think it could it it could be an all right um, sure. yeah. idea uh, like so it's just you know a guy gets really stoned and he's paranoid mm-hmm. and like I think that's the key to it that he's paranoid and and he's like oh man people are trying to break in and then it turns out people are actually breaking in sure and maybe this stoned person has more sense to call the police but yeah. you know inevitably well, there's no. not going to be reception well no I'm the sure. the paranoid person wouldn't call the police because he's like, they're going to oh, know I'm that's hot fair. and look i i don't smoke uh, or partake in weed anymore because it u- it used to make me very uh, paranoid and okay. so you know what? i can relate to this movie okay that's i would fair. i would watch it and be like yeah this even though i wouldn't be like setting up traps i would be sitting in the corner <laughs> um uh, uh last time i got really bad uh high i remember i was humming like fake like 1920s like ragtime music to sure. myself yeah, i was like i was just, <laughs> i was just like in the corner just going <laughs> <laughs> like i was in my own film noir that's fair and uh, uh i can only imagine that i harshed the mellow of everybody i was hanging out with okay I'm just picturing you like holding all of the micro machines that you could possibly like get a hold of and like a few paint cans and just like ready to take on the world if you ever needed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would, if, if I had gotten a tiny bit higher, I would have done that, but I was too busy on focusing on just like, I don't want to fall into a void. Right. Um, <laughs> you know how you do. Um, but yeah, so um, what. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like questions, but I'm just enjoying just talking about random bits about this. Like, yeah, I think altogether, like, I, I don't think anybody would argue that this movie is kind of unrealistic in that, like, you know, a nine-year-old putting all this together in, one, in like, a couple days, how uh, a burglar, you know, once, because crime is all about, like, oh, ease of access. Like, you know, how, like, first floors apartments get broken into so much more than, like, third or fourth floor apartments. Sure. And it's like, if you, if you make something difficult then like okay then we'll just go to another house but joe pesci uh in like harry's character in this movie is obsessed with this house he specifically wants to target this house I'm he talks rem- about it multiple times because i'm trying to remember did they did like the cowsters wrong him at some point no he, i think he was just like it was probably the nicest house on the block because let's be clear the McAllisters had some money yes but uh he kept referring to it like he had like a nickname for it and was just very obsessed the, and good, then, <laughs> the good house <laughs> exactly but then i think obviously what you asked did the McAllisters wrong him the 
Kevin did. Yes. He like looked at him the wrong way or something, and then like ran away from them uh, at one point in the movie. So yes, he. Now... But it's like after like you clear the kid is a clearly like okay this kid is pretty smart relatively speaking. Okay, he he like greased the one uh, entrance with that big nail, which ugh. Uh, he like uh, iced the other. He put like stuff everywhere. This kid's not messing around. Let's go to any other house on this block where the family is inevitably vacationing during the Christmas season. Right. Because these houses are pretty similar. I mean, the next door neighbor's house is like a little bit shitty, but I mean, for the most part, all these houses are in similar company. I think like what's the end game here, right? Like, were you gonna kill this kid? Like, I don't understand. Like, I mean, at one point he's like, "I'm gonna kill that kid." Well, specifically, there's like a bit about uh, a bit—that's a pun—because uh, <laughs> he bites uh, Kevin's finger, like in the scene. He's yes. like, "I'm gonna bite your fingers off." And there's a uh, like a fact about the movie that Joe Pesci actually like broke the skin on Macaulay Culkin's yep, finger, and he had a scar, and has now a scar from it. So part of me just thinks this is like a Rube Goldberg sort of uh, effort to like you know eat a finger. <laughs> That's why Joe Pesci accepts. Yeah, like, maybe he's man, just like I get, very. I got to bite off a finger. He's actually. This is a story about a cannibal. Uh, <laughs> this is his end game. This is what he wants. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I found out that like late night scenes uh, when they were filming uh, in between takes, uh, Macaulay Culkin was just we just take naps on the floor. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, he is uh, a child. Yeah. And also, he, Chris Columbus felt bad because like um, uh, Macaulay Culkin's parents, they were never married. They were, I think, engaged at one point, and they were. They were, like, fighting constantly over, like, Macaulay's money. Sure. Which, that sucks. Like, I mean, isn't I, that, like, now the standard? Like, if you are a parent pushing your child into acting, like, that is probably one of your goals, right? Yeah. Well, I think, like, now there are more, like, trusts and stuff. Like, an, sure. like if you have, like, a, an agent for a kid, they'll try to be, like, okay, I'm going to put this into trust and, like, you can have some of it, but... Like, you're gonna, like, you'll get it when you're 18, and, like, it'll be yours. Because, sure. cause, like, Gary Coleman lost all, a lot of his money oh, yeah, that way. Yeah. I think, the look, I I think Haley Joel Osment, he's a great example of a child actor that, like, can't, he did great. Because yeah. he's an adult, he has his money, he's, uh, it's it's sometimes a little unnerving to see, like, because you can still see his child face oh, yeah. in his adult man body. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and now he's going to be a burglar in Home Alone 8. Yeah, well, Home Alone 6. Come on, don't get ahead of ourselves. Oh, God. Um, They're filming uh, them all together. According to Wikipedia, so Home Alone 5, a.k.a. Home Alone, the holiday heist, Malcolm McDowell is one of the thieves. That's Isn't that kind of like a serious actor? Yes. Very famous actor from Clockwork Orange. Yes, okay. Also, they filmed Home Alone 4 in uh, South Africa for some reason. I thought you were going to say, like, Home Alone 4 was filmed over the course of three days. <laughs> Well, I mean, John Candy filmed all of his stuff, uh, they said, according to INDB, uh, in 23 hours. So one very long day, they filmed all of his stuff. Which, I mean, it's weird, because you think of, like, oh, John Candy's ruining this movie, but he barely is. No, he's not a, a major factor. He is in the uh, the B-line, uh, plotline of, of Catherine O'Hara navigating the complex world of airlines. Yeah, the, well, the B-line of the B-line. Um, yeah, it's pretty a, much. It's a C-story, yeah. almost. And I, I love, I like airports a lot. People, okay. People, all right. That's, that, a, that's a controversial thing. Yes, that's an atypical thing. A, uh, but because I, I like, sure. Okay. I'll give you like the food is expensive. And books and bottled water. Yeah. Well, here's what you do. I, when I went, uh, when I, when I was in the Burbank airport. Sure. As one uh, often is. So I spent, I also spent time, I had a layover in the San Francisco airport, which is a great airport. Mm-hmm. But so I had like a, a, a water bottle that's like. 
um, you roll it up like it's it's all silicone, so like it's rolled up, so you can just toss in your bag, but then you can fill it up at any water uh, right. uh, any water fountain. And a lot of airports now they have like they have like legit like art displays and like all these like legit stores, and it's like actually kind of cool to like walk around and. I guess, but part of me says that it's like it's the equivalent of like a prison painting the walls a nice color. Like you are trapped there; you can't leave. Like, and now they're giving well, you I mean, nice I'll, things. I'll to go do. on. I'll go on a nice walk or two. Sure, but like <laughs> often, I guess maybe it's me because I'm always late, so I'm always running through an airport. I don't have time. Oh, okay. And then the fact that there's a wonderful store that I would like to go to and I don't have time for is just now making me. Well, mad. this is where we differ because I'm always early to the airport. Ugh. Domestic flights two hours, international flights three hours. Really, you. Stick to that 100%? Yeah. There's no, you've never been late to an um, airport? No. I've, I mean, uh, one time I was like, I cut it close right. a little bit. But I mean, there was it was like they were just starting to board or they were like just about to start boarding. What about when you, uh, your brothers and sisters, your mom and dad went to France for Christmas? Well, I mean, we were in a hurry. Right. There is That scene is makes me very angry because like anytime people walk in a space like all in a line, like... They walk. They run ten abreast down O'Hare Airport, and Catherine that, O'Hare Airport. <laughs> that makes me so mad when people do that on a sidewalk, <laughs> like they're filming like a friend's photo shoot where they're all like oh, arm yeah, in yeah. arm. I'm like, no, at, at most two people together, and you form in rows. There's there are no people walking six across on a sidewalk. I'm I'm very mad about. Well, that. that's why I always travel alone. <laughs> there we go, and I think that's why you're early at the airport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, one time I I was I was. Uh, I flew to London and I got there, you know, like three hours before my flight was at 9 p.m. I got there at like, I think I even got there at like 5.30. I left a lot of time. Well, that's because you left out of the Scranton International Airport and they get to London on time. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, uh... I got. I flew through security, so I ended up having three hours to kill at an airport, and that was borderline too much. Because usually it's like I'm hanging out for an hour, hour sure. and a half, and like I got a podcast or something, but I'm just kind of walking around seeing the sights. But that that was borderline too much. Even though the Philly International Airport has, um, they have a bunch of Legos, Lego things. I don't know if they still had it, have it, or oh. they had it when I was there. I'm but very it, interested. They in had this. like a Lego diorama of the city. They also had a Lego diorama of the Liberty Bell. Oh. And that was cool. Uh, I also like at airports, and we've been talking a long time about airports, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I was with you until the Liberty Bell, because I'm sorry, that's like the lamest tourist attraction. Okay. Oh, I agree with you. If you're coming to Philly, go anywhere else. Anywhere don't, else. Don't go to Pat's, don't go to Geno's, don't go to the Liberty Bell. Yeah, like go see some architecture, some art, like experience culture. Like, no, you don't also, need to see a broken bell. I also think it's insane that there isn't a national treasure tour. Wait, really? I would assume there would be. I don't think there is. Or maybe there was in, like, the Nicolas Cage, like, heyday, and now maybe. it's just, like, died down. But you know what? Nostalgia, or whatever. Sure. There can be, like, a Now This video, where it's like, they have this in Philadelphia, yep. or whatever. But last thing I'll say about airports. I think it's, I've never used it, but I think it's fun that there's, like, an electronics vending machine that you can get, like, headphones. That is actually pretty cool. Uh, and uh, it's still, again... Like prison, it's like you it's can the buy equivalent of the um, what's like the shop in the prison called? Like the oh, the commissary. Yeah, the commissary. That's the equivalent of the commissary in this airport prison that you yes. love so much. They like <laughs> all these wonderful objects that you can buy are marked up an insane amount of money. Uh, but still, they're pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I will. I wanted to note specifically now that we're talking about airports that uh, Home Alone 
the Italian uh, marketing for Home Alone, they changed the title, and it was called Mom, I Lost the Plane, <laughs> which I'm really into because I just want to say it in an Italian accent Inter- also. Uh, international Mom, I Lost title. the Plane. Because I guess like Home Alone, it's like a colloquial term, but like you, yeah. it's like you, you can kind of get it. You, it makes sense, but... That's, I don't, I don't, maybe it wouldn't translate like the home itself is alone, as in like it's a desolate area. Like, yeah, because it's like because that whole thing where it's like you, everybody used to do on Google Translate, like oh, translate these lyrics into like French, then Arabic, then like Swahili, then back to um, uh, to English. I'm about to say American, and I'm like that's really offensive. Uh, that's my bad. <laughs> but yeah, that's always fun. But uh, mom, <laughs> mom, I lost the plane. Yep. And in uh, Argentina, it was called Oh the Poor Angel. Which I think connects I like well that. to uh, Angels with Filthy Souls, the uh, the movie within yes, the movie. Yes, a movie that doesn't exist in real life, but was created for the, for the film. Well, uh, I do appreciate their interest in titling for the sequel. So in Home Alone 2, they do the sequel to Angels with Filthy Souls by calling it Angels with Filthier Souls. <laughs> Which, uh, in this current market of, of sequels, I always really appreciate a very clever sequel title that like ties into the movie somehow. Usually yeah. with the number two involved, but you know it can be anything. According to IMDb, a scene was filmed but was cut which shows how mean Uncle Frank is towards Kevin besides calling him a big jerk. Mm. So Frank mocks Kevin by telling him Yank is the French name for Kevin and then pulls Kevin's pants down. Okay, yeah, that should be cut. That's <laughs> that's that's too far, Uncle Frank. That's weird. Um I don't like that at all. And that's that ha- that shows up again. Yeah. Um uh <laughs> that shows up multiple times in the IMDb because it's just very uh present and uh, uh, important to say. Yeah. I mean the one the one scene that I I had heard got cut it was written but never filmed it is marv and harry in prison and uh angels of filthy souls comes up on like the prison tv i.e the airport and uh they realize that the dialogue that they had been hearing earlier is from this movie and they look at each other that oh was, like the original ending of the movie yeah that's fun i like that do you prefer that to the schmaltzy uh uh kevin looking out the window and seeing christmas come alive i think i prefer that just because like uh, like that would be a a good post credit scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, in 1990, post credit scenes didn't exist yet. No, they were just that like, why would we make yet. people sit through the credits? Um, <laughs> Do you think like a lot of people like that are specifically featured in credits, uh, you know, lobbied for post credit scenes? I'm to sure. get just noticed more. Well, because because my friends and I we waited in the theater to see if there was a post credit scene for Incredibles two. There wasn't. Um, but that's something you can look up ahead of time now, right? Oh, yeah. We were, like, Googling, and my friend was like, I don't know. And I was like, come on. We got to go. Um, but we, everybody just does the thing where they sit in the theaters, and they're just like, hey, that guy has a weird name. Yeah. Like, hey, Frank much. Doobie or whatever. I mean, I like when they entertain me, and there's, like, something going on on the screen. and Yeah, or, uh, like, oh, when there are bloopers, and you could be like, oh, they had a lot of fun making this. They did this have movie. so much fun. This was a business and a family at the same time. That, my dad always brings that up. Uh when he's like watching a movie or talking about a movie, he's like, "Oh man, like how do they keep a straight face going through that scene?" It's like, you know, they're actors. Like that's how, because it's like I'll tell the same like stand-up joke like four times, and then I'll be like, "I don't think it's funny anymore," but it still works. Yeah. Hey, you gotta enjoy uh, what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of the ending of the movie, I feel like there's something to be said about this very strange sequence of events that happens where this child is alone right yeah 
it's coming down to the end. The family finally comes back. Mom comes, and then somehow, like, a minute later, the dad and all of the children come in. And within, like, a minute of reuniting with Kevin, they all leave the room and leave him (laughs) alone again. This, like, traumatized child that they were desperate to get back to, like, is suddenly, like, immediately left alone. Yeah. And I'm I'm upset about this. Well, it's like, they want to give him some space, and, like, uh, uh, his uncle was getting ready to do that really classic bit. And they specifically uh, wanted to go check on his laundry or grocery skills, which... Yeah, and they're like, hey, what's with all this these blood and teeth all over the house? <laughs> yeah, and is then, that... And then, so that actually happened, right? He, besides Buzz's room, I guess, Kevin cleans the entire house of all of the torture that he had done, like the I guess tar so. on the steps. And then Kevin looks towards the camera, and it's like the end of Thriller. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And he just laughs at the screen. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on uh, Home Alone before we uh, kind of go in and rank it, rate it? Uh, it gives us a lot of things that we as a culture demand, right? Nostalgia, um, holiday theming, yeah. um, precocious children, uh, uh, pratfalls. Yeah, it gives, a, it, gives a, it gives us what we need in this world, but yeah. at the same time is uh, completely ludicrous. And I also like how this movie, like it would be so easy, I'm sure kind of the, like, the third, fourth, and fifth sequel kind of fall into this trap of just, like, all the adults are stupid. Mm -hmm. But, like, the adults are smart enough in this movie. Like, the bandits, they're, like, kind of misguided, but it's, like, they're good at what they do. They're the web bandits. (laughs) They are the web bandits. And and it's, like, they're kind of, you know, they're clueless, and they're, like, like, we're not taking a hint to leave. But they're smart. Like, they're like, okay, we're going to try to outsmart him. And, like, all the adults are like, okay, we have to get back. And, like, I guess the only two bumbling characters are the, the cops. But even then, they're like, eh, this is fine. Like, it's probably just some woman, the, like, a lady overreacting. But that's what I get so frustrated at with kids' movies is um, just the dumbing down of adults. Sure. Like the, like the Disney Channel Nickelodeon parents are always dumb as fuck. Well, do you do you children think that adults are ever stupid? I feel like it's always the opposite, right? So, from like a true child's perspective, they view adults as much smarter. Yeah, than but they then are. it's just like it's so fun to have like the just having a bumbling parent. Like they're just like you know like wrapped in like rope somehow. They're like, oh, I got tangled in the sugar curtain. Well, right, and like the egomania of all children, which is like. Uh, you know, I could do it better if I was the adult. Yeah. And if I wished my family away, I would be, you know, in charge and I could do the groceries finally. <laughs> I didn't wish my parents to disappear, but if I did, here's how I would have done it. <laughs> here's how I would do it. I would coupon clip <laughs> and then show up the grocery clerk with my uh, with my orange juice and, and, and uh, sassy comebacks. Yeah. Oh. Aren't you a little young? Aren't you a little too ugly? Whoa, Kevin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So uh, so now let's let's rate it. So as always, we rate everything on this podcast from a scale of zero to five. Uh, you can be as minute with your kind of uh, 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 number as possible. I know this one is going to be <laughs> very minute for me. Okay. So uh, uh, how would you rate this? Um, giving that I'm I'm always looking at the expectations of a movie, right? Like what does the trailer you know intend me to enjoy? And I feel like this movie accomplishes what it set out to do, right? Mm-hmm. It would be one thing if it was trying to be like, you know, beautiful Oscar bait, and then I, you know, ended up laughing most of it. But uh, no, I think it accomplishes what it does. So I would give it like a f- four, a four, four. Yeah, that, that's I'm gonna, good. it's pretty high on my list. So yeah, I, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, like this could be nostalgia talking, but I mean, it's like there. I mean, well, you know what? This is John Hughes. John Hughes yep. knows what he's doing. Yep. He is great at what he does. 
and I love him very much. <laughs> so um, I, I'm kind of right there with you. I'm going to give this a four point oh one two three four. Was that like a like a in a Jeopardy sort of way to like out or no in like a Price Is Right sort of way to outbid me? No, nah, I mean we're 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 all in this together. Okay, to quote, right, uh, Troy Bolton and his friends. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like I I like this movie. I think it's good. I've watched it many times. There's a reason that it's a classic. Yeah. Um. It's kind of hard to watch sometimes because I'm like, oh, like all this is happening, and it's like, ugh, he he's weird and kind of creepy sometimes. And uh, I like that your main comment is uh, too much is happening. Yeah, oh, let's calm down. Let's just and, sit and talk. And I don't know if it's like, oh, I'm so familiar with it, sure. or it's just like, oh, like these parents, like how do they leave him alone? It's like when you know danger is coming, but you're like, oh, I hate it. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. So, uh, so crunching the numbers. Uh, <laughs> Oh boy, this number. Uh, Home Alone, we're giving it a 4.00617. Wow. So that's very, uh, very minute. Uh, So that places it right between, uh, uh, it's a little bit better than Tangled and a little bit worse than Ratatouille. Uh, okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think yeah. I love that when it kind of works out. And you're like, yeah, that, that makes sense. That yeah. sounds about right. Mm. Um, some of the mo- some of the stuff that's gotten higher on the list. I don't know if I would agree with it now, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of how the cookie crumbles. It's a double edged sword. Exactly. But uh, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, yeah, of course. for inviting me into your home. Uh, I specifically just wanted the world to hear my opinions on Home Alone. So yeah, because it's also I was when I messaged you on Facebook, I realized like months ago we had talked about doing this. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I I keep dropping the ball with that because I get busy and just unmotivated. But hey. I'm glad that we finally made this happen. Right, and it's timely because we're we're talking about this you know beautiful holiday movie during you know in August right, right in the. Uh, in the in this in this prime of summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Like, oh man, if um, maybe they'll make a sequel and it takes place during Labor Day <laughs> or something. I don't know. We're going away for a three day weekend to the shore, and we forgot our child. <laughs> also, I'll just throw this out there: Kevin McAllister definitely goes apeshit during the Purge. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I just sure. realized it because we were talking about the Purge right before this. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug, promote, send people towards? Uh, register to vote. And yeah. um, oh, great. go see uh, local comedy. Uh, I'm occasionally in it, so that'll yeah, because your... we're we're both a part of the uh, the LGBTQ comedy mm-hmm. improv page, yeah. low hanging fruit. We don't really do shows that much because yeah. it's hard. But uh, but we like comedy. We go on stage on occasion, and then we'll uh, we'll wow you with it. So uh, go support your local comedians. Couldn't have said it better myself. And I won't. Uh, I'll just plug this fucking podcast. Uh, so you're listening to it. You know where to find it. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at KidFlixPod. And send us an email with your recommendations or any uh, comments. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, so that's all for today. We will hear you next week. And go, go, Gadget, and show.